Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith, writer and artist, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 16. This week, my guest is the editor, Anna Sharples, and we'll be talking about editing and what you need to tell your editor and all sorts of editing questions and talk about her writing and all sorts of things in a minute. So do stick around for the interview section. At my desk this week, Well, at my desk this week, I've had a funny... And I always say that, don't I? I've had a funny week. Well, I have had a funny week. I found some old drawings that I did when I was in my 20s. Now, mm, I'm sorry to say that that was nearly 40 years ago. Anyway, I decided that I really needed to get these out there because they are basically... It's a whole book illustrated for children of about four to five years old, I suppose. And I've long since lost the words. And I think I've mentioned this before. Anyway... I decided I really wanted to do something with them. But the problem has been that I've had a lot of trouble getting the things scanned in order to have a PDF in order to work with them in Photoshop because there's a couple of things that I really like to change and also I can't really do anything without them being digital because everything needs to be digital these days. Anyway, so I've had to go to three different printers and each one couldn't do it. They said they could do it to start with, but then the drawings are of a funny size. And I don't really know what size they are, but anyway, they're bigger than a bigger than A4, I think. Um, yeah, anyway, they're huge. And they're all in colour and they're a little bit fragile because they're a bit old and it's all a bit of a drama. Anyway, the first lot of people that got done, when they showed me the PDFs and expected me to pay them quite a lot of money for this, this thing that I needed to do, uh, they all had a line in them, which I said, well, I can't accept that because they've got a line in them and I can't really use them for illustration. And the woman's answer was, oh, well, you can get rid of that in Photoshop. I said, well, I can get rid of it in Photoshop, but, you know, there's 20 of these and I really don't really want to be messing around in Photoshop doing that. I just need a clean PDF. Anyway, long story short, I went to a different printer and finally found somebody that was willing to muck about and stitch the things together on their own computer and I have now got these really lovely drawings um, really lovely PDFs of the drawings that I did when I was in my 20s and uh, and they're really very nice so anyway then I made it like a little like a thumb sheet was made some little tiny prints of them and have printed them off on the computer here so that I can sort of fiddle around and actually find out what the story is which I've long since forgotten you know, long since lost the words to that. So I need to rewrite the story and change the central character, I believe, because I feel that the central character in these pictures doesn't quite work. There's something quite wrong with its face, I believe. But of course, anything's possible in the digital world. So anyway, so I do feel like I've made a start on that project. It's been something I've been at the back of my mind for quite a long time. And I'm glad I've got these out. And now they I have got the PDFs of them, I can really see the possibilities of getting these fixed and hopefully bringing out a picture book. Um, when? When will I bring it out? Well, it'd be lovely to bring it out before Christmas, but I think that's pretty doubtful because we're already halfway through September. But anyway, we shall see. Happy days. And of course, I'm still faddling around thinking about which graphics tablet I'd like to buy. I think I managed that, mentioned that last week. And I still haven't quite decided, I haven't quite pressed the buy now button. And I'm kind of still reading reviews and messing about and thinking exactly what I want to do. But as soon as I get that bought, then yeah, I think that might be my next project to get that done. 
Anyway, happy days. Okay, let's get on to the interview. Come meet Anna Sharples. She's a nice woman. I know you're going to like her really quite a lot. So welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm really excited this week to invite an actual editor. Anna Sharples is a professional editor and proofreader. And she's also a freelancer. So if you need some work doing, you can give her a ring and I'll be putting those all those things in the show notes. So hello, Anna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, DJ. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, yeah, it's lovely because I've seen you on TikTok doing your things and explaining, you know, quite complicated stuff. Because I think a lot of us writers, I think we we throw ourselves into it and off we go on a world of imagination. And then we feel... um when it comes to the nitty gritty and we have to look back and actually sort it all out, it's it's quite a process, I think. And I think you have a real understanding because you went to Cambridge, didn't you? I did, yeah. I studied classics there. Um, I don't know how many years ago, almost ten or something now. Yeah, so so, so you've got a real a real a, a, a real nitty gritty understanding of um, what what it is that we're doing wrong which is probably quite a lot because I think it's all more more so I think when I see you on the TikTok and you're explaining stuff I, I kind of watch that and I think hmm I, I don't understand it in the depth that you do but of course that's why I'm a mad writer and you're an editor. <laughs> I mean there's a lot to be said for just intuitive understanding of language though and being able to write and edit it without knowing all of the theory behind it but then you don't know what you're missing unless you go and study it or read through and and look up and revise things that's what TikTok has been quite useful for me actually because when I've been editing in the past although I have learned a lot of theory and I will go and look things up I've not been pushed to look up as much as I have been now I've started doing TikTok and revise what I already know find out ways of explaining it to other people is always really helpful for internalizing it for yourself and perhaps coming across things that I hadn't known as well like terms such as glue words um, yes I knew yeah. what they were in terms of when I went and looked it up I said oh yes I recognize those but wouldn't have known that term I quite like it yeah and I think that's what being what's so much fun about the TikTok thing is it's very visual and when you're doing like quite light-hearted snippets I think it's a good way to learn some information however having said that I think we all do need an editor me very soon very soon <laughs> I'll be needing you um so I'm just going to ask you a couple of little questions. Is okay. What do you think, when you're looking at work that people give you, is there, you know, for authors particularly, not so much article editing, which I know you do as well, is there a reoccurring mistake that everyone makes? Is there something that you see really often and you think, oh, for goodness sake, why do they all do this? Or is every person such an individual that we've all got our own mistakes? It's just a new pile of demons for each new client. <laughs> I think I think it is mostly individual in terms of everyone will have their thing that keeps cropping up throughout their work and by the end you end up thinking oh I've seen this so many times <laughs> in that particular piece of work and um, there are things that do come up more often I wouldn't say there's one in particular but misusing tenses especially if you're looking into the past so something that happened before the current narrative that you're writing, whether that is in verse, uh, in present tense or past tense, um, it has to be in the tense that is past re- relative to what you're writing in. Um, so that quite often gets mixed up. Adding in unnecessary words, I think it's really difficult to tell what you can cut when you're an author um, and things can get very wordy. I find that more often than people using too few words. 
Um, I think that's probably something every author. I think we all overwrite a bit, yeah. Because I, I mean, I'm ed- I'm going through my, my manuscript at the moment that I think I've finished. Probably haven't finished. And and mostly what I do is chop, chop, yes. chop. You know, and, yeah. and sort of try and pare it down a little bit. So, what do you think people should do before they give you a manus- manuscript? What, what things would help you? Because I always feel that I need to go over it a lot so that I can get it as good as I can in order that then you'll see the real nitty-gritty that needs to be changed or, you know, some really silly mistakes that I've made. And I, and I feel if I, I don't want you to have to deal with stuff that's obvious that I can fix myself, what, what do you think? Or do, would you rather have the manuscript just in all its ugly horror of first yeah, draft? Yeah. Not mine, you wouldn't want my first draft. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think, I think your approach is the best. If you were getting a developmental edit, which I don't offer, but a lot of editors... Well, I mean, there are developmental edits you can go to. You don't need to do the line editing. You don't need to go through and fix all the nitty gritty that you can find because that's going to be looking at your plot structure, your characters. You're going to have to do rewriting after developmental edit. But if you're coming to more of a line editor, proofreader like me, you want to get it to the best standard that you can get it to. So you utilise all your tools. If you want to use uh, a software editor like Grammarly or... There is another one I can't remember the name. Pro of writing aid. That's yeah. it, yes. I use them both. I use them both. Oh, yeah, I, put, yeah. I put one through one thing, and then when I come back, I come back and I put another one through, because I find one finds some things and the other one doesn't. It's most peculiar, and I don't really know which one I prefer. Yeah. So I mean, every fresh pair of eyes, whether that's a computer AI pair of eyes or a human pair of eyes, is going to notice something different. So you use beta readers, family, friends, basically. It, it is up to you how much time you want to spend on the manuscript as opposed to how much time you want an editor to spend on it. So it's time versus money. Because if it comes to me in the best possible state that it can, then I'm going to take less time on it and I'm going to charge less money. And it's up to the author whether they are prioritising their time or their money there but I personally prefer editing something that is in the best possible standard because then I will be able to focus on getting it to you know the 99 point something percent perfection as opposed to taking something that comes to me at a a six and I'm thinking wow I can get this up to an eight but it probably needs another round of editing (laughs) yeah yeah that's it because I think it I think it is very tricky and and like you say it's very individual um so uh, now I'm going to ask you because I think people get confused with this um, what are the different types of editing and does everybody need them all? That's two questions yeah. really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can try and tie them into one. Um, so developmental editing, as I mentioned before, that is more looking at the overall picture, your structure, your flow, not individual sentence flow, but whether things should be moved from this story flow. Yeah, your, yeah. Your, your plot, your characters, do does a character need to be cut are they actually adding much should they should two characters be put into one it's a really overview edit and you almost certainly will need to do have you rewriting after developmental edit a lot of authors will use beta readers and friends instead of a developmental editor obviously a development a developmental editor is going to give you more analytical insight than somebody who's not an expert but it is a case of time and money and 
what you want to go for. If you hire editors at every stage of editing, you're going to have a very, very polished book, but you're going to be very out of pocket. Um, the next stage would be line editing, which is where somebody will go through and look at every individual line of your story and try to tighten it up. They will look at spelling and grammar as well. But because that could be quite extensive, if you get that done, you might also need a proofread after you have made all of the edits that they have suggested. A lot of people will combine those two. A lot of editors will combine those two. So I tend to do both of them together. I call it a proof edit where I am proofreading and line editing at the same time. <laughs> and that generally does the job. Um, if you've got loads and loads of edits coming back to you and you're worried after you've made them that you might have made mistakes in carrying out the edits, then you might want to get a proofread done on top of that just before you Yeah, because that's the trouble. You change it, then you think, have I have I mucked it up as I changed <laughs> it? Yeah, I know. It is yeah, it is really right. tricky. It is very tricky because I think you're I think my only thing as an indie author is um, I, I know when I, I put stuff out and I sort of thought, oh, cracky, and somebody pointed out a mistake and I've kind of marked it in my proof copy, mm -hmm. you know, that you get back from the KDP or Ingram Spark, whatever you use. And and I tend to just save it up until I've got a couple. <clears throat> and then you can go back in and change the document because, you know, that you can, you know, as an indie author, I think, you know, you don't need to panic too much when you, if, you know, if somebody does say, oh, look, there's a typo here or you know, the little mistake there, you can you can go back in and change it because, you know, you're the boss and it's possible. And so I, I think, although I try and get it as good as I could, but I'm not afraid to go back and change yeah, it if I that, find some good, mistakes yeah. because I think that's – whereas I think if you're traditionally published, you're kind of stuck really, you know, because they don't really want to do anything like that, do they? But then they've taken on the editing for you, so you you haven't really got to – deal with that kind of thing do you mostly work with indie authors I do yeah I work with indie authors um yeah. or academics or other people who want to come to me but not um not with publishing houses no no so you don't have to worry with <coughs> things like that um so now think I think about um publishing houses and they usually have a style sheet um do you do, do many authors give you a style sheet where, where they have to or do you sort no. of have your own kind of style wish, that you I think of? More, I wish more would give me a style guide, honestly. Um, so I tend to work out bits of their style from doing the sample edit. And I will check that with them. So as I'm reading through, I'll be like, ah, I noticed they're using the Oxford comma. OK, I'll make a note of that. That's, you know, they use these quote marks um, or they, you know, they use British or US spellings, right? The very obvious yeah. stuff. Um, but whatever is coming up, if I notice it, I'll be like, right, that's a style thing. That's what they tend to be using. So I'll make a note of it so that when I then go through and edit the whole of their manuscript, I'm applying that consistently. And if there's anything I'm not sure about, if they've been inconsistent, then I'll go and check with them and say, what would you rather I use? Or I'll see what is the most like the, prom uh, the most prominent version that they're using throughout. So I write fantasy and I find I always give the editor a list of how I feel I'm going to spell 
some nonsense that I've made up and what it looks like in the plural and singular, just so that you've got something like a guide sheet. It's not really a star sheet. It's more like a garbage guide sheet of the nonsense. Yeah. Cause, cause sometimes I think it's, it's tricky if you've using different weird things, you know, and I think you need to sort of nail it down, decide what it is you're going to do, especially if you're, um, if you feel something needs a capital, you know, uh, and the editor's not sure what on earth you think you're doing with that. Yeah, no, <laughs> and so it goes on. No, yeah, I, was, so. I was editing one last month um, that was fantasy and they had used a capital for one of the races and a lowercase for one of the other races. Um, and at first I corrected it. <laughs> and yeah. then as I went through, I thought, oh, no, this is, this is intentional. Um, not only is it consistent, throughout but actually I understand why they're doing it it, it makes a lot of sense because there was kind of inter-race um, injustices happening and that was a big theme of the story and so I thought okay no this is this is good but having it beforehand would have saved me that yes yeah, so that's it you, yeah then you've got to go back and fiddle about with it absolutely so do you do you particularly um edit only particular sorts of genres or do you edit anything or I do have my preferences I tend to prefer fantasy, both YA and adult or contemporary psychological character focused stories. Um, But I am open to all genres because I've always been a really well rounded person in terms of interests. Like at school, I was that person who didn't want to drop any subjects. I think the reason I studied classics was because it had languages and ancient history and archaeology and philosophy. And I was like, yes, I can do all the things. So now I'm editing. I like being exposed to genres. I don't edit as much. Some people will prefer to go for an editor who is a specialist in that. And that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're getting a developmental edit. Online editing, proofreading, I don't think it makes as much of an impact knowing your like the genre that you specialize in but yeah my preferences tend to be fantasy or, or contemporary psychological yeah terms. yeah so it's good yeah because I think sometimes if you write um because I write the grimdark stuff mm-hmm. I think sometimes you have to just check if you write something that's a little bit off the off off the nice line if you're if you're uh, so if it's a bit violent my stuff's quite violent um and i think that's probably if you write a lot of if you write a lot of spice then possibly you need to let your editor know before you start that because you know some people can be offended and i have um when i've looked for editors before in the past and i've sort of mentioned or given them a small clip of what they might meet and i, and I have had a couple of go actually thanks but no thanks which is fair enough because you don't want to upset anybody and, and obviously somebody's going to have to work on your stuff for quite a while so I do always um give them a um what's the word they use a sample uh no not a sample I was thinking of a um it's completely gone out of my mind Anna hold on a trigger warning trigger warning that's the word yes so yes definitely have a have a little you know, don't don't give your editor a nasty shock. You, no, well, it's yeah, don't just send them the nice bit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think sometimes stories start off and they, you know, you tend to send the first chapter or a couple of chapters or something, um, whatever the editor would like to see, and then that might not really show what what things are going to happen, you know, because things tend to get worse as they go on, <laughs> both the writing and the story. Yeah, if you yeah. start off with that, it might be a bit of a shock to the reader as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, how long, you know, now I'm writing something at the moment and I'm sort of thinking about, you know, we really need to book an editor in and I, I tend to find that it's something you have to think about ahead of time. Uh, would you agree? Would you say book, book the editor? I don't think they're going to do it next week. You know, So if I sent you my manuscript, can you do it tomorrow? <laughs> no, of course you can't. How, what's, your, what's your lead time generally, um, do you think? I mean, it varies a lot. That's the yeah. thing. It's, it just depends how many inquiries I'm getting in. And I have to be so flexible as well um, in terms of it is really common for authors to then delay for a bit for whatever reason. Something's happened in their life. Something's happened with um, the developmental editor and it's taken longer. I'd say I'd, I'd usually be able to fit somebody in within three months. Sometimes I can fit them in starting from next week depending on if somebody's delayed on me and I have a sudden yeah. opening so I tend to ask people when they need their thing edited and then I'll suggest um yeah well, I'll a sort of a timeline within that yeah. time and yeah. I might be able to do it much sooner can you still read for pleasure or do you just notice everything all the time does it drive you mad depends how well edited the book is <laughs> yes yes yeah. good answer yes yeah. um I, I do notice as I'm reading through, I notice errors in books, even if they are decently edited, I will notice an error. That doesn't make me want to stop reading the book. You know, it will take me out of the story momentarily. I will put myself back in. It's fine. If that happens a lot, if it hasn't been edited to a good standard, I have to not finish the book. I have to put it down, which I find a shame because it could be an excellent plot, excellent characters. Um, but I just can't, it, it just, I can't get into the story. It's yeah. like continuously taking me out of the story to notice things. Yeah. And then it, it does feel like work, but I'm not getting paid and I'm not actually doing work because I can't fix it. It's already out there. I can't do anything. I, I can't take it. So I put it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing. Cause I think that's the whole point. What you've said there is that's the whole point of the editing is you want people to be lost in your story and not be thinking about, the bones of how that story arrived on the page you, you you know it should be seamless really yeah that's what we all it's what we're all striving for god help us <laughs> so what do you do for fun anna when you're not when you're not sat in front of a computer a lot of my fun is being sat in front of a computer it, yeah i'm always on the computer yeah me too yeah, yeah. <laughs> making um, I mean, daft I've... tiktoks like. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah computer phone ah, tv yes <laughs> I yeah. need to get away from the screen sometimes. Um, I, I feel mean, like I sometimes when I've been on the screen a lot, I sometimes think, oh, I feel actually quite leery with it, where you've just been on it, on it, on it. And I think I just have to just sometimes I give myself a day off, all of it, no phone, no computer. And I just go, you know, I just need to just close all this off. I might watch a bit of telly in the evening, but I just think I, I just don't want any of it. I, I, even the Kindle and everything, no screen day I have occasionally, just for a bit of mental health, I think, because I think we're so tied up with it now that it's, you know, it's, I don't know whether it's that healthy. I mean, it's not physically healthy to be on the screen. No, day, no. But mentally healthy, I find some things are, I mean, if I'm writing it's the interactions with other people online that I feel if it's constant, it's not healthy because you feel an expectation to be present and be there. Um, I mean, the only social media I really have is TikTok. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it much. <laughs> um, but they, it does feel a lot. It's notifications, notifications. Oh, I need to, like, I need to reply to this. I need to make a new video. <laughs> um, so I can see the benefit of definitely getting away from, from the screen. But most of my hobbies are 
screen based. I write um, in my spare time. I read, but I do prefer paperbacks um, or hardbacks, physical copies, again, because that is getting me away from a screen. Uh, so though it's still yeah. using yeah. my eyes, it doesn't strain them as much as a screen will. What do you uh, write, Anna? So I, I have in the past written some fantasy, um, but up until the past couple of years, I have been writing exclusively for myself and with no real plan on sharing it with anyone else that's a lie I did write fan fiction as a teenager and I did share that <laughs> but aside from that all of my writing has been just purely for me as a hobby um in the past couple of years I have been working on a story that is a contemporary psychological thriller I don't know if it really fits in thriller or suspense it's very character focused um about the interplay between the kind of four main characters there are a couple of different point of views um and how things change how they all impact each other there is a plot going on in the background that is kind of suspense thrillery um but the main focus is on yeah the characters and they're they're all messed up in different ways because that's what makes it fun Yes, absolutely. Aren't they always though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's well, I think it's good to write, it's good it's good to create in whatever way you 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 know, I always hope that everybody does some kind of creative thing. It doesn't matter whether it's gardening or you know, writing or drawing or crochet or something, but I think it is good good for the soul to <clears throat> bring something into the world that wasn't there before before you thought of it and, and your drawing do yeah, you do absolutely. it like purely based around your books or you kind of do it commission based or just you come up with ideas and I, I used to do book covers in the in the back in the day but I I found the trouble with the trouble with the artwork is it takes a lot longer than people think and then I'm kind of fussing and fiddling about with it. So I, I don't do book covers anymore. Or if people ask me, I just give them a ridiculous price. And I think, well, if they were going to pay me that, then maybe I'd get out of, you know. But but mostly my artwork is for myself. I'm also a children's author. And I've illustrated um, one of those books. And I've got another one that I'm that's finished. And I just need to get it into vellum mm-hmm. and get it out <laughs> And I just haven't had the time to just sit there and get it in. But anyway, it's done and the illustrations are done um, because I had a, we had a new puppy last year, a Whippet. And I thought, what can I do in the kitchen? Because I thought I can't concentrate and watch this puppy while I'm. So I thought I will illustrate. So I moved my drawing board into the kitchen so I could keep an eye on my little doggy. And then I could sort of draw in between because I find I can when I'm doing artwork, I can I can come and go with it very easily. But when I'm writing I have to be concentrating and really focused and have a quiet room and have some music on and all of that kind of thing. And I mustn't be interrupted. I have to have a complete empty thing. But the but the drawing, I can come back backwards and forwards. And, and these drawings I did, I did them, um, uh, they're just literally pen and ink drawings. You know, they're very, you know, they were actually done with a pen and some ink on a piece of paper, So which is really quite old-fashioned. But a lot of the stuff that I create is, is kind of... Um, you know, digitally made, you know. And I'm just writing a new thing now and I'm already sort of thinking about what sort of book covers I might do for it. And So you don't think you're going to bring this writing out then one of these days? Uh, the the book written? I'm currently working on, yes, I do intend to. Um, the stuff in the past, I mean, it would need a lot of reworking. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, sometimes it's easier to start something new than to carry on. Or maybe if I really get taken by the idea, I would rewrite it from scratch, but using the same idea from the past. Um, But yeah, the the book I'm currently working on, I would like it to be published. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those books that, you know, takes 15, 20 years (laughs) to come out. I'm, I'm not working on it consistently. If I really prioritized it, I could get it out sooner, but I'm quite happy for it to be one of several priorities in my life. And, and it's difficult to thing, be isn't it? yeah, in the that's... editor mindset and then switch into the writer mindset. I do feel like they're quite different. So when I do go back to my book, quite yeah. often I am looking at it in my editor mindset. And that's fine to a point. The first bit of the book is very polished. <laughs> but the yes, second half yeah. of the book needs complete rewriting so it's yeah I, I find it's I have to do things I have to work in blocks I'm either I'm either writing free writing getting the getting the draft done and what have you or or I'm in editing mode yeah. or I'm doing artwork or I'm either DJ Bonesmith where I'm writing the adult stuff or I'm Tiger Molly where I'm doing the kids stuff but I can't do like some people do a couple of hours each day on lots of different things. I can't do that. My head's like, I have to get it in yeah, one little channel and get yeah. focused. Yeah. 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 So I, th- I think probably what would sort your writing project out would be to go, I'm going to have four days now where I'm just going <laughs> to do that. Four months. Yes. Well, you know, I just no, mean, exactly. you know, like a block of yeah, time. I think I do work go. better yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I took time off at the beginning of this year, actually. So um, I only restarted working again earlier in the summer. Um, and I was doing a lot of work on the book and I'm making a lot of progress on it. Um, but then when I switch back into work mode, I haven't actually touched my book aside from going and edited a few bits here and there for I don't know how long now another four months probably so at some point I think I will just plan in and say right I'm not going to take on any books during these months and I will focus on my stuff it's one of yeah. the joys of being freelance I can be quite flexible in that way yeah well I think that's the whole nice thing about you know, like you said I'm an indie author and you're you're freelance we're both it's nice to have um <clears throat> Have your own rules and your own your own day to decide what it is you want to do. Yeah. Okay, so Anna, one last question. What's your greatest tip for writers? Okay, so I think my greatest tip would be to look at your paragraphs and sentences and words, really like go in in depth, like a line editor would, and say, what is this doing? Why have I used it? What do you want that scene to achieve? And are your words helping to achieve that so really be conscious be mindful be aware of what you're writing and why you're writing it and that will just help you to edit it in the right way yeah so it's about the what the what and the why yeah i think i think that's good i think that's good advice i think we could all take that to our hearts Yeah, because I think sometimes you go off on a flight of description and I quite often write some description at the time and I think, oh, that's just lovely. I really, that's beautiful. And then when I come back to edit, I think, you don't need that. I just chop it off (laughs) and throw it in the bin. Because I think, "Mm," you know, and I think as a reader, I think we want the story, we want the story, we want the story. And we actually, I, I, I try and, I think it's a case of how few, especially as I've got older, I know you've been reading some of my stuff, but as I've got older, the stuff I'm writing more recently, I, I, I do tend to cut it back more than I ever did because I think when I'm reading, I'm lazy. 
I don't want the big paragraphs. I, I just think, want I think to that's know what really happened, hard really. to do as an author, and it probably does take a lot of time to get to that point. And um, that you can notice things and say, oh, "I'm going to let that go," because if you're really proud of a phrase. You just want to stick it in. You want to keep it in. You think, yeah. oh, I, I wrote that really nicely. I love the alliteration or whatever it is that you're proud of. Yes, it that's it. work in the yeah. scene. Um, you don't want to cut it. Um, sometimes what I do with my own writing, if I come across something like that, is I cut it and I paste it into some other Word document. I think maybe I'll use it in another project. Maybe I'll yeah. sneak it and fit it in yes, somewhere I'll else. Just because then it feels less horrible to delete it. Yeah, it's less final. Yes, I I have a little document on one side, which I call cuts. And and then anything that I slice out, I put it. But I also always make a copy of my document so that if I think sometimes I'm a bit drastic and might look back and think, oh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have killed killed that off. And then you can go back and and retrieve it. I think that's the thing. Yeah, so it's not so final. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anna, it's been lovely to actually have a chat with you. And uh, yes, a real a real live editor. A fake dead one. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Oh, well, no, well, I think sometimes I, a lot of my editors that I've used in the past have been like, you know, there's been somebody in America, somebody in Canada, and the, and they, I've never actually had a face to face chat yeah. with somebody, you know. Um, oh, well, I have, but you know, and so it's it's actually quite a nice thing to, to have that connection. Um, yeah, absolutely. have some. Yeah, yeah. Have some yeah. kind of connection. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So where can people yeah, find so, you, Anna? Anna Sharples online yeah. if they were TikTok looking for TikTok is my editor. main place, really. So go on there. It's Anna Sharples editor on TikTok. And my website is sharpsightedgrammar.co.uk. So you can also find me on there. Send me an email. My email's on my TikTok profile as well. Um, and yeah, get in touch. You can DM me or email i am on twitter you, you can message me on there but i do not go on very often so i might not reply as as quickly as well that was anna sharples the editor and i haven't found her to be too slow responding on twitter or any other social media for that matter i think she's quite on it to be honest anyway so that's that's anna and i think you'll agree it was lovely to speak with her and here's some of those writing tips and all that kind of editing stuff is quite nice to get sorted out in your mind Yes, and we all need an editor at the end of the day. Anyway, next week, my guest is a fellow writer who also writes fantasy. And her name is Karen Lickbo. Now, she's from Denmark and she grew up near one of my favourite cities, Copenhagen. Her inspiration is the great outdoors. And she writes a little bit of horror and a little bit of fantasy. And she's also an academic and is busy studying at the moment for a sort of a new career that she can do alongside her writing. And she'll be talking about juggling those two parts of herself, the academic and the person that needs to earn a living and the person who wants to write and express herself through her writing. So I'm sure that sounds pretty familiar to all of us, the juggling of the fantasy life or the writer's life and the real life. So anyway, so that'll be Karen next week. And I hope you'll join me for that. In the meantime, um, I'm DJ Bowman Smith and you can find me at www.djbowmansmith.com. You can also find me if you like. Also find me as Tiger Molly at www.tigermolly.com if you wanted children's books. Right, so that's that for this week. I hope you're well, keeping well, busy with your writing, doing the stuff you need to do. In the meantime, this has been the Words and Pictures podcast and thank you for listening. Bye bye.